Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Um, we are we are Sans boss man today. He's uh freezing <laughs> his uh patootie uh backside off out out in the woods with, with some forgies right now. Mm. Paul, are you are you sad that you're not with him? No, I'm good. <laughs> no, no. You know what? No. Been there. Is it, is it always a sanctifying experience whether you're in the forge or not? I mean, it is Sanct- a neat experience. Yeah. The uh, So my only experience with it actually was 10 years ago uh, when I first came here because Chris had always led the trip and done it by himself. And then he, uh, his first, after his first year of working here, he double booked on accident and I had just started. And so they. It's because he didn't have Kim Weber. Yeah. Yeah. And so they. So they had me go, and so I led the trip, um, just kind of with the Cliff Notes version of what should go on. And then the next year is kind of like, oh, well, it'd be fun if we did this together. And so then I went and did it together, and then I realized, oh, I led a trip quite different than what Chris <laughs> led a trip. And I think we did it together for... No less, no less good. Yeah, at least two years. We might have done three years together. Um, but anyways, yeah, after we almost burnt ourselves alive, so I think our... our <laughs> Our wives were like, "Ah, oh, you can sit this one out. I'll learn any good together. <laughs> Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. The, you know, that was a funny story. So basically, those of you that don't know, the Forge does a survival camp out every year that they uh, surprise the Forge um, students with. I think they know it's coming, but they don't know when exactly it's coming. And so they, you know. Or how long it goes. Or how it long comes. it goes. Um so they kind of end up in the woods and are trying to make it <laughs> without a whole lot of supplies. So and there's I, some, I've heard that there there's like some beans, but they don't know how long the like if yeah they don't know for the they whole don't know time how much or whatever. Beans is is one of the things. It's just cans of food. Oh. So like anyway, you don't know what it is until oh, okay. you open it. Anyway, the. There's a lot of different things, um, but basically it's a survival camp out. That's what you need to know. So Chris is out there. Um, surviving. Surviving, which is, you know. Before we get into the meat of our conversation, I am just curious. You were saying you ran a different camp out than he did. What were, can you like highlight maybe one or two of the differences that you realized, oh, this is different than like when you went the second year yeah, with sure, Chris? Sure. I think, I mean, part of it was just, tone and <laughs> okay. like overall manner of how, uh, yeah, again, you know, Chris said at that point, I don't know how long had the forge been in existence. I mean, no, I don't. again, another 10 plus years, I'm sure. But, mm-hmm. um, and so he definitely had, you know, everything down to, you know, a, a, a science of what he was putting them through. And, um, he's, he's, he was with them and is with them still. Like, I mean, he's with them weekly teaching a class. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, they, they knew him and, and there was a different like rapport. sense of, yeah, rapport of like, he could just, he could just walk out there and be like, and now you're doing this and then disengage and let them have to struggle and figure it all out. And, and they knew who he was, so it wasn't a big deal. But like, I think when, you know, again, I wasn't prepped with any of it and just kind of said, no, these are just, these general activities are different things. And so I felt like I'm the stranger walking in. I'd never met, you know, a lot of these people. And so I felt like I had to earn their trust a little bit. And I felt like I was doing it. I was doing it a lot, like a lot of it alongside with them mm-hmm. rather than putting them kind of just through it, which again, is just a different, different yeah, role. Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah, just the the overall kind of again countenance of what you what Chris can earn, you know, leeway leeway with them after being one of their teachers yes, yes, yes. for so long. He can get away with a lot more things that I was like, I didn't feel that confident. <laughs> and so Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But it really I think like the the idea of the sense of time being removed, um, you know, you don't you know what you're doing, you don't know how long you're doing it for. You really aren't in you're in control of, you know, certain things of your environment, but you're really not in control. Mm-hmm. Um, of at least like delivering yourself or, or, you know, coming and going, um, you know, the idea of, of how quickly, you know, even the masses will turn, uh, against, you know, their trusted leaders who are asking them to do this. You know, they, they're the leaders of the forge, you know, put the students through all kinds of situations and how, you know, how freely they trust their leadership when they're comfortable, um, when they're, yeah. In it, having still semblances of control, yeah. it's a lot easier. When you, when you strip those things away, it's like, okay. And so now why are you, why are you mad at your director yeah. right now? And, and it's like, <laughs> no, you don't really, when, when have they proved you untrustworthy? You know, yeah. it's like, no, they're, they're still trustworthy. But you remove, you remove the comfort. Yeah. And those. Comfort and control. And it's amazing yeah. what, what all can come out. Interesting. Yeah. And then when it, it doesn't help when it's this, you know, the week before Thanksgiving and it is traditionally pretty cold and yes. like this week, pretty, pretty wet, wet and rainy and gross. So yeah. But yeah. I do think every, every class has kind of their different, you know, each unique story that yeah. comes out of it. But mm-hmm. like any, like, you know, it's like Chris and I always talk about, uh, you know, there's a series of books that we, we both enjoyed a long time ago and they're silly books, but one of them's, um, uh, a fine and pleasant misery. And it's essentially like regaling, you know, those stories camp, you know, kind of the camping type stories Mm -hmm. that, um, you don't remember the ones that went perfect. Right. Or the, Um, yeah. You remember the ones. You remember the ones that fell apart or that were a hardship. And then those become like fond memories. Right. Um, and a lot of times it's like what you then share with people. Right. Um, so yeah, Yeah. so I think that, that, that alone, you take a group that size and you put them through an experience like this and Mm -hmm. what it means for them coming together and developing oh, yeah. memories and relationship. Absolutely. That kind of stuff. Really uh, we used to take, sorry, I'm kind of no, last thing. We, we used to take kind of this, uh, when we lived in Mozambique, we'd take a four day trip every year. Mm-hmm. Or it was like a four day drive for like a week long conference every year with other missionaries. Oh yeah. And so we would drive four days up the length of Mozambique mm-hmm. and we would stay in these random places somewhere like really nice, really remote places on a beach other places were kind of inland. And I remember my mom, because I, I mean, I was probably 14 or something. And my mom kind of sighing the night before and just being like, <clears throat> I know I just like kind of get anxious before these trips because I know there's always stories that come from them. And it was mm-hmm. the same thing of like, something's going to go wrong. So, and it's going to be memorable. And I just don't want a story out of this trip. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, like, just ne- I just need one trip without a story. Yeah. And that never happened. No. But anyway. That's funny. Okay. Well, Paul, you were telling us beforehand that uh, you, this is a, this is a, a relatively uh, maybe heavier teaching week for you. You're teaching tomorrow night for the students. Um, and then you're teaching on Sunday for, um, 
in first Samuel and you're, and it's not the same. So you're, you're, you're teaching in revelation, correct? Yeah. I guess the the students, and it's, it's not that it's that, you know, all that big of a deal. It was more that I agreed to it without even like putting two and two, you know, it's amazing that right. four days difference on a calendar. You don't think. Right. Like, no. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're That's like, oh, saying. It's like, normally my, you're yeah, not my always weeks, teaching. My week's but... free. Yeah, I can do that then. No, wait, I'm also doing that then. Oh, that's all right. Um, Ooh, get, it, get it all done. And actually the real panic came from uh, John Sturrock, I think checking in on me uh, a week ago today. And in it, and he, he typed it right, but I, you know, it's one of those, I'm reading the email on my phone while walking between two buildings or whatever. Uh, and I really thought, you know, at the end of the day on Tuesday, he was saying I was teaching, confirming my teaching on the ninth, uh, last week. Yeah, last week. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh, oh shoot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't prepared anything and I have a full day already booked tomorrow. Like all nighter, baby. Yeah. So I had that like, you know, five seconds of panic until I reread the email and I was like, oh, okay, he's a week, he's a week away. He doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. that whole, he's, it was that just, whole, like he's ahead of the game next Wednesday, you gotta this love Wednesday, that about, you know, yep, it's like, yeah. yeah, you gotta love that about John. He's, he's thinking ahead. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's but apparently they've been very going, grateful. they've been going through, um, the seven churches of revelation yes. uh, and revelations two and three. And so I actually, you're going to teach something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do something totally <laughs> for Samuel. We're for doing Samuel seven. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so I get to do Laodicea, which is the last of them. And so I think they do like a, one more wrap up all conclusion of everything that Bren's doing either mm-hmm. the next week. Cool. Um, well, not the next week. No, the, the week next after. Week yeah. Yeah. So last Thanksgiving, week. cause holy cow. It comes fast. Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I, I am excited. Man. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think it's, you know, one of the things that, uh, I always try to ask myself in, in preparing to teach um, is, is at some point asking the question, like, how does somebody experience this and learn to read the Bible better? Mm-hmm. Um, like what's modeled or like what's taught or, um, yeah, what kind of things can, can be communicated in the sense of a practical ongoing discipline uh, mm-hmm. of studying scripture. And yeah, that's a great question. And Laodicea was kind of a fun one for me. Um, and I, and really, I think it was the first time I ever, I ever heard it, um, I guess taught this way was in, was in college. Um, one of my professors was a revelation kind of expert and he's written, um, a couple of commentaries on the whole book and, mm. and the, and the class was just that it was just revelation was the class. And, um, anyways, and so he, you know, when you get to this idea about the hot and cold, you know, Christian, I'd always been, you know, taught that, uh, you know, it's the, it's Jesus essentially saying, uh, you know, of course I would want you to be a hot, you know, on fire Christian, you know, passionate going. Um, but you know what, even if you were cold and not even passionate about it all, you know, that would be better than this lukewarm, lukewarm somewhere in the middle. And, uh, <laughs> that's, I, I don't know about you. That's how I remember that being taught to me too. When I, I was a kid. Yeah. I think that the few times that I have read it, yeah, it has been like, that's kind of yeah. uh, how I've perceived that. Yeah, and I, God and, would rather you be right. yeah <laughs> far away from Him, right? Than right in the middle. Sorry, and go ahead. No, no, no. As, and again, the the uh, Doctor Duvall, um, you know, was just ta- talking and teaching through, and then had just brought up again, like, hey, and so what this what this you know to the original reader would be doing somebody in Laodicea, you know, who's sitting there. Laodicea was a city that was known for. Um, 
uh, not having a reliable water source. Um, mm -hmm. There's came from a spring, they had uh, a, a mineral spring, and then it passed through these Roman stone uh, aqueducts with plaster. And so it was just this, by the time it you know entered into the city, it was tepid. It didn't taste good. Um, it again, had all these deposits and um, you know imp impurities in it. And so that's where, of course, like when when they hear the lukewarm water, they're thinking, this is my poor water choice. Mm. And from where it is, if you go to the north, you have these mountains um, that are snow-capped uh, that melt and produce this cold, refreshing water. Mm -hmm. um, to the south, there's these hot springs that have this, um, that were known for, actually, I think I've I might have just flipped the locations. Okay. North maybe, um, but the hot springs. But, and You know, because north means up. So mountains means up. So clearly right, mountains. That's, Obviously, that's mountains yes, are north because yeah. they mean up. Um, but anyways. I had a, had so, a friend in I high thought, school who's... If you, asked, right if you asked her where north was, she would point up. Point up. There yeah. you go. <laughs> um, that's an Oklahoma education for you. <laughs> Listen, this was high school. We were oh, in Texas. sorry. Sorry. Yikes. Eesh. And so, you know, here, here within eight miles of this, of this city are these two wonderful water sources. And so the, you know, again, this notion that came from, and essentially this is what, you know, Dr. Duvall was talking about was the, the idea of how quickly we can read in our Western, um, yeah. you know, kind of interpretation of it. And so, you know, we quickly read this and then in our culture, you know, interpret things like meaning on hot and cold, um, that were mm -hmm. that different, you know, in our culture, we say, oh yeah, hot is passionate. on fire, yeah, is passion, right. it's good. Cold is you're cold hearted. You're, you know, you're, you're stale, you're, you're not any good. And, and we're reading this in there, but to a, uh, near ancient East culture, um, that doesn't have, you know, the luxuries of, of refrigeration <laughs> and, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, the ice makers in your mm -hmm, home and mm -hmm. sorry, ice is probably also available, just harder to but get. But just, yeah, totally different. And so any extreme is considered positive because yeah. it's, it's you know, again, it's communicating something so different. And yeah. so um, it isn't this teaching that Jesus is saying, you say, oh, I'd rather you be a good and on fire or not be passionate at all than just be lukewarm. It's I, saying it's actually, like, it's a good thing. I feel thing, like I've heard it taught that way. Oh, absolutely. I know I have. No, I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that being the case, which was, I mean, you know, you're like in the midst of youth group or, you know, whatever yeah. it is like that you're being taught this thing. You're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't yeah, you think don't, right. about mm -hmm. it. It's, it's that, you know, you get quick to application um, mm -hmm. before you, um, yeah, before you actually take the time to delve into the text and see. And so mm -hmm. I think, I think whatever it is and however it is going to be for the youth tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, I think I want to try to walk through that journey a little bit of That's just cool. kind of like, yeah. Hey, here's, you know, let's, let's talk about this kind of basic principle of hermeneutics. Let's see what this is in their context first. Right. Mm -hmm. And then let's look at the gap between their context and our context. And then mm -hmm. let's find the, you know, biblical or theological principle that applies to both. Yeah. Because I think you have to do that and you can, yeah. it's dangerous when you just, do it removed one or the other and don't it's recognize like, that gap. It's like God is saying, you know, like for us normal or not normal. Sorry, that was <laughs> stupid. Um, for us modern readers, it's like he's saying, you know, I wish you were either Coke or Dr. Pepper, but some of y'all are Pepsi and that's disgusting. <laughs> and the yeah. Texans are like, yes, yes, I yes. get it. And the Northern's like, what? He wants me to be pop. Or pop, or pop, or pop, soda. See, soda. But I mean, yes, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 
so yeah, so hopefully that'll be, that'll be a fun conversation. There's also, um, uh, again, I think the whole point of not just lukewarm or passionate, but the, what leads them to it, the underlining principle is really self-reliance, mm. um, or how they prop themselves up. And so, yeah. um, there's pretty, you know, concrete evidence, uh, archeological evidence that, you know, an earthquake came through there and destroyed, you know, the city. And mm. unlike Sardis, Sardis used Rome's money to rebuild and Laodicea used their own money to rebuild their own city and you know, very proud, very of proud people. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they, there's some things that they were, uh, known for, um, they're known for their banking establishment, hence some of the finances to be able to do that rebuild. they were known for, um, uh, a black, uh, clothing, um, wool clothing industry that was there. Um, and, and they were also, um, known for, uh, some of the medical treatment, especially for eyesight, um, at the time. And so again, it's, it's like when a you, lot like Tyler. when you, when you, uh, when you read that or like when you know that, when you know that about the town and the history of the town, and then you read again, Jesus's rebuke through the angel of saying, you know, you, you think you're rich, um, but yeah. really you're poor, yeah. um, and you're, you're naked and you're, um, blind. And it's like everything that they would have self-reliance on. Like find identity in. Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Is what he, Addresses in that section. Like, yeah. In that section. You don't have You that. aren't these things. You aren't those things. Um, but you, again, if you, you don't. think you know what that means, but you don't know what that means. Yeah. But if you don't take the time and look at the original, you know, kind of first context, then you, you know, you kind of miss that. It's, yeah. it's a lot more poignant and it's really even a lot more somewhere between like scathing and ironic. Um, yeah. Certainly from, from Jesus to these Christians there. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, so hopefully we can do it in a way that the, it isn't just kind of like the, oh, well, this is the correct teaching. Let's move yeah. on. But can lead the students through kind of what that feeling of emotion is of like, oh yeah, this is the way I would intend, you know, in, you know, by intuition would read it. But then now thinking through it. There is a discipline with reading the yeah. Bible that yeah. I think sometimes we, mm-hmm. Forget maybe too generous of a word. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it. Again, it's it's not that. That's really good. It's, it's not. You know, you, I always heard the argument. You know, kind of again. It, this was this is probably more with um, the idea of preaching or teaching. Mm -hmm. um, for those that you know, there's there's a large number of people that think like manuscripting your sermons or having like a fine mm -hmm. you know kind of defined note outline system. Um, squelches the spirit and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, removes the spirit's ability to, uh, to speak. And, uh, cause the spirit only speaks on Sunday, Brady. That's right. That's right. Cause the spirit is apparently only able to speak through your unpreparedness <laughs> and not able to speak to you when you try to be prepared. Uh, Amen. Um, but again, that, you know, there, you <laughs> know, the notion I mean, when of, you say it out loud, it's just ridiculous, but yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. The notion of picking up your Bible, just flipping through it, you know, point your finger and say, okay, well, Lord, what is this for me today? And, and, and again, you don't want to make, you don't want to make too light of it because there's something I'm like, hey, if you're reading scripture, I mean, kudos, like, yes, yes. like just do it, you know, and then, go. because again, I feel like that's, that's always another message, especially to students when I was doing students ministry that I always had, because I had so many students that just felt deflated and, yeah. and, you know, they, they would like, I don't read my Bible. So, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it in an hour every day for for, you know, this the next seven days. And so what happens like day four, they've slept Stop, in and they yeah. missed and then they just quit. And it's like, yeah, cause you went from zero to an hour. Uh, yeah. An, an hour a day. Like 
Um, and, and it's always that conversation of, you know, what, what's your next step? Don't undo where you are or think your next step is not important because it's not the end step. Like just, yeah. just take the next step. Yeah. And so, um, read what you can today. So again, if, if you, you know, you're like, nope, that is exactly what I do. I pick up the Bible. I just open it up and I just read it. And it's like, fantastic. Like good job for reading scripture. Um, and then just take that encouragement of like, great. So what is your next step in reading scripture? Cause we all have that. We all have our next step in whatever spiritual discipline that we have and just mm -hmm. pursue the Lord and say, great, how can I, how, how can I use the resources and the, the talent and the people around me that he's, in, he's put in my place to help, you know, kind of better me in this one process and one discipline. Yeah. Again, when I was in high school, uh, my, my best friend, actually, Tony, um, uh, did a little Bible study for the rest of us, which I, I mean, it was, I don't remember really the context of it, like why we were all sitting there. It was like, there were, there was an adult in the room, but he was in like, Tony was in charge. And so he was walking us through like a principal. Um, and it was kind of funny, but he, he was talking about how just flipping open your Bible and taking verses out of context is super dangerous. So he flipped open his Bible and pointed his finger down and he goes, and Judas went and killed himself. And then he flipped open. And he's like, oh, well, I don't like that verse. So he flipped over his Bible and he put his finger down and said, go ye and do, uh, go ye therefore and do likewise. And he's like, oh no, this is not how this, <laughs> this works. This is not how this works. Like no. this can't be the way that we read uh, scripture. So I, I, it's funny. Like, I mean, I remember being really impressed with him uh, mm -hmm. at that moment. Like, because we were kids mm -hmm. and, yeah. and he was bringing the truth. So that's good. And I think just the gr growing up in the church feeling like, yeah, spending time in the word can sometimes feel daunting mm. or having something like other mature believers mm -hmm. when you don't have discipline set up mm. can just feel a little bit unattainable. Yeah. And so having an attainable next step and then I feel like that's when the discipleship absolutely yeah. even comes along. So it's like, hey, do the next step. All right, now you're choosing, now you're in the Bible. Now let's teach you how to read the Bible mm -hmm. a little bit more. So it's like walking them, walking yeah. people through that. And I think, and I think that's, that's awesome. Just remembering there was a, you know, all those, all those hermeneutical principles mm -hmm. that, uh, and we need to learn them as we walk through it, like the, the Bible was not originally written to you. Mm -hmm. Like there was a, there was an original audience. Mm -hmm. What was the Bible accomplishing in that original audience? What is our application then of the truth that is being t spoken yeah. inside of that? Mm -hmm. I had a professor who said the Bible can't mean what it never meant. Mm -hmm. um, and so like there's, there is like, uh, I, I, I want to temper that a little bit by saying like in the, broad in the like what it means mm -hmm. like the yes there's obviously going to be applications that uh, the the original audience had no mm -hmm. right context Appli for. application versus interpretation yeah like so that's that's different that's not what i'm saying um but yeah there's the the intent of the bible has not changed that's right. I think again, going back to that, what is that overarching yes. theological principle yeah. that kind of bridges the two gaps? Yeah. And and if it if you're if you can only make sense of your application in our culture today, 
mm-hmm. and you can't buy their original audience, then then we've missed something. Yeah. Or again, if you're like, oh well, this is just for them and nothing for me, um, then it's like, nope, you're you're missing you're that missing too. It. Um, yeah, I was just having a uh, conversation with a, a former church member who um, got married and relocated down uh, with his wife in San Antonio, and we were having, I mean, this very very similar conversation of the idea of like, um, he, he had only ever kind of done Bible studies or, you know, utilized like reading of scripture as like, um, you know, maybe at most like reading a chapter or two of something and then doing, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a quick jump to the application side of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just talking about the, the principle of like, yeah. And, um, you know, you're doing this in, in these epistles in these letters, which is what he was working through at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think like the original audience would have received this as one letter as a whole. Um, right. And, and some of, cause again, when, as we were talking and what he was, you know, reflecting on was like, it's, you know, your desire for, for application isn't wrong, but you're also missing these like major themes of why, you know, kind of why this is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically the, this past Sunday, you know, when we were taking the Lord's supper and mm-hmm. um, Colson, you did a great job, second service of, of making sure it all got passed uh, <laughs> with, with stretching out the song. And, um, but obviously with watching how slow it was starting second service, I was like, Oh, uh, Colson may finish the song and I may need to take my two minute, three minute teaching and make it a four <laughs> or five minute, minute teaching. <laughs> We're a little um, out of practice with the, plates but i was kind of that they are i was kind of I, I was kind of ready to even do or I, my mind immediately went to what i was going to do which was this conversation that i was having over the phone um because one of the examples that came up was uh first corinthians 13 you know like kind of the traditional love passage um mm-hmm. and how many times we've heard you know it at weddings or um it talked about as just that just the scope of all that this chapter is speaking to is is love and yet, um, it's sandwiched, uh, 13 is sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14. Imagine um, that. <laughs> exactly how this kind of thing works. That has everything to deal with spiritual gifts. Yeah. And so like the, the family, idea, the, the, the body of Christ, the idea of love alone, you know, again, it's not like you can't find, you know, those concepts of what love yeah, is. Application for love. Like, are right. you kidding me? Built it's up all in over scripture the place. Or it's all over the place. And it's, and so again, it's not like you're doing something inappropriate, but it is doing something you like, you could miss the, the sight of what this is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Of no, why this is interrupted here is to talk about this concept of spiritual gifts. And so yeah. if you're, if your way you're dealing with spiritual gifts, isn't dealing with an outpour of love, well, then you're handling spiritual gifts wrong. And then why is spiritual gifts there? Well, and this is where... And the need for love in the context of the body of Christ, like the family that we have. Absolutely. And yeah. that's why, and this is where I go back to chapter 11, which yeah. is what Paul's doing with reminding him about the Lord's Supper, is pushing them towards unity. Yeah. Um, because they were being disunified mm, yeah. and taking these... these Very things, unloving. Mm-hmm, these things inappropriately. And so, again, why is love brought up? Well, it's love, it's love brought up in this concept of spiritual gifts, which is spiritual gifts. Why is it brought up? Well, it's brought up for the point of unification of the church. Yeah. Thus then, let's remember what the Lord did and is doing um, through the Lord's Supper. And so, again, it, it's like you, there's these little 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 things like that that it's like, yeah, it's so easy um, when we can just take kind of our, our mm-hmm. systems or our schedule of business or whatever and make something that does work and then yet short-sightedly miss these grander pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's kind of the fun is he, he was kind of the same thing. He, he had this, you know, 
head opening lid explosion moment of his brain where he's like, oh man, this changes everything. Like, and, but it quickly almost like, man, I feel like I've been doing it wrong my whole yeah, life. No, and it's like, absolutely. no, That's... but, and, and how great it is that you now know this and then have the rest of your life to go. And then right. what thing will blow your mind in scripture or the way you're dealing with it to, next. to, to do it next? Like, yeah. I feel like this is the infinite wealth of his word that Amen. we get to spend a lifetime being surprised and shocked and marveled over unpacking and then finally get to hear his voice face to face. Yeah, and be like, Oh, yeah. that's even better. Well, this the, is what it was building up. Stop for. it. <laughs> no, don't touch Colson. He's trying to end it. I've got things to say. No, the, Talk. yeah, absolutely. And the, um, little insider trading for, this is why you listen to this podcast. The funny thing about, um, the unity that you saw on Sunday with all of us, um, doing that is, we we had a, a issue <laughs> that that had to be rectified, um, and in that we were we ended up cr- like making the uh, offertory like plates to pass out much faster than we normally do, um, and that's why we didn't like double cup things and stuff like that. So if you were like passing the plate, going, hey, it's been a while since I like picked up the juice and then and picked the up the cracker and. And I forgot, like, you're supposed to hand it to the next person before you pick up your juice and your cracker because, you know, you used to be able to do this one-handed. And now it's like, I watched so many people. The reason it went so slow on Sunday was I watched so many people trying to hold the plate with their left hand and then reach in with their right hand and grab uh, the cracker and, like, palm it while they grabbed. I mean, it was this, Mm -hmm. like, weird contortion of, like, I'm going to, so I ended up like holding it for like three people down the row for them to be able because, you know, we're just out of practice. Um, but it was, it was fun to see the, uh, the, I guess, unity that's brought by suffering <laughs> yeah. um, because of an oversight. But that was, uh, it's, I mean, it's interesting to, to watch that sort of thing, I guess. And um, yes, Colson, you handled it very well. Good job, bud. And thank you, Casey. And thank you, Casey Tioker, who found the problem for us. We were going to use the the um, all in one, the the prepackaged ones, and uh, she Casey came up and made uh, Paul do pre service communion with her because she needs her routines as we all do, um, and found out that the juice was less juice than it <laughs> should have been. Great candy. It was dredge and sticky. It, some and of it had solidified. solidified. Yeah. Mm. And I think probably all of you, when you see Casey um, this next week, need to thank her profusely for finding that out for us just in time for us to go make a change. And also thank Esmeralda Williams and Eric Lisenby um, for Johnny making that change spot. happen. Oh, my goodness. They were so good. There are a lot of people that asked, but it's really only three people. Stop it. <laughs> you're acting like you're about to land the plane. Oh, well, we didn't get to first Samuel seven, but you'll hear a lot of that on Sunday. Well, so. and then we can finish this out with the idea of first Samuel seven, because it's been fun because again, that idea of like pulling back from scripture yeah. into the, um, you know, broader context of what's, what's all the surrounding passages. Yeah. And so, you know, again, when it comes to like letters or shorter books, you know, a lot of times when I'm going through a study, I want to periodically, you know, make sure that I'm within the context of what I'm reading, I am reading the whole book. Um, yeah. But then things, there are things like 
for Samuel, mm. um, that that's a much larger endeavor um, to the much idea larger. of like, oh, well, now I'm reading the whole book. So oftentimes as the um, step in between, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm reading the section as it's kind of outlined around. Mm-hmm. And so since uh, since we have been starting and been going through, the section that I have been reading is chapters one through seven um, to remember. So like, this so, is the... So this is the end, end of, a of section. the section that I had been kind of reading. And now we'll, we'll get to move. Um, Which is good because we end it and then we've got. <laughs> and then we got not, well, how many It's like 13, 13 weeks, weeks of other things. And then we'll come back to First Samuel. Yeah. But it is, it is. Don't forget everything we've talked about. We'll just read through all of First Samuel each day for those 13 weeks. And then when we pick back up. Had, you remember when we talked about like not jumping into. The people who are listening to this. Oh, obviously, yes, yeah. they we, they read the scripture. Yes. Well, and so the next section that we'll move into, uh, I'll be reading 8 through 15. Um, because now what we've done is we've oh, had the introduction. Yes. Now we have this one chapter all about Samuel's ministries. Yeah. And then what we're going to run into next is Saul's kingship. Um, and then uh, the kingship removed from Saul. And yeah. so we're going to have a section that's going to be all about Saul to finish this out before... Um, before we move on. And it's, and it's really interesting because now, now we, this isn't going to be as true of seven, um, even though it's going to describe like all of Samuel's ministry, but the way that this, these next sections, um, play out, feel a lot more like judges. Um, you're, you're going to see Samuel's role, um, like a judge. You're going to see that pattern of, you know, blessing and then apostasy and then discipline and then repentance and then deliverance. And then, back in that cycle again. So that, so for those that studied through with, yeah, um, that's important us right. with judges, we're going to run into this similar motif in this kind of cycle of sin and repentance. And, and remember, this is right on the heels of judges. So it's mm-hmm. like, it, yep. it, it's good to know that that was, there's a reason that feels familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. Yeah. We're going to get to two concepts this, this next Sunday that i like love that it's laid out so easily for us is the idea of repentance and Ebenezer's. Yeah. So Ebenezer's are huge and um, I, yeah, I think it's great. So, Hey, we're landing the plane, Colson. I can't yeah, believe I got told off twice. I can't believe you don't so, have the music ready all of a sudden. Well, part though. of it is, I just don't know if I'm reading you correctly, but thank you. <laughs> Sometimes I just need a little bit more of a sign. Oh, you know. Just ask my wife. Some encouragement, I guess. Be encouraged.